Today, I had a new understanding of being a quote-unquote baby Christian and what it actually means to be a baby and feel powerless, and yet God gives us so much strength, so much endurance. He is the one who flows through us when we're in those beginning stages of just no inhibition. We're willing and we're able through Him who strengthens us, who gives us that light. And that's what Josiah has done since the moment he met Jesus. He said yes, and he was completely sold out. And it was connected not only to Abba Father in heaven, but his father here on earth, who, when you find out the root of this story, is going to shock you. But he didn't actually get to meet until he was 16, and then didn't get to see him again later in life, and then again on his deathbed. It is a wild story, and you can tell it is a part of the propel behind why Josiah does what he does every single day by being a digital evangelist, by being a developer of leaders in the marketplace. He is, and we're so honored to have him, the co-host to our virtual event for the Founder Collective, the FounderCon, happening this fall with Dane Camilla, who's previously been on the show too, so you guys will love their synergy together. And they're currently running an Invade the Marketplace Challenge. It's a six-week challenge. There will be several of them leading up to the event. And so you do not want to miss out on understanding how do you get to reaching over 10 million people a month as a quote-unquote baby Christian. Well, you say yes, and you say it fearlessly, and you say it boldly, and that's who Josiah is, and you say it ultimately, which is my favorite part about who he is, humbly. Honored to have you, brother. So, so grateful to hear more of your story. You have such an impact. You guys need to follow him on TikTok, on Facebook, on Insta, on YouTube, all the places he is there making an impact and sharing the good news daily in a wildly unique way, which is one of my favorite reasons that I follow him because I know I'm going to get good news all the time. All right, tune in. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, Marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness broadcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. All right, all right. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. I am so excited to be here with my brother, Josiah. And you guys are in for a treat today because every single time I'm with this guy, I am always blown away by the wisdom he brings, the energy he brings, and just the depth of who you are, Josiah. You have such a sense of humility about you and joy connected to that. And it brings me such peace when we're together. So I hope that people today feel that peace and they also feel that sense of um, just humility because I don't think that's something people get from men a lot. 
And uh, I love how you bring it to the marketplace all the time. And having millions of followers, as as people may or may not know, and they're going to find out real quick, um, that can get to people's heads. But I've never seen you even blink when it comes to an added fan because you know that it's just an added follower to Christ and an opportunity to point them to him. So I'm grateful to know you and so grateful to dump into conversation today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. And you know, the great thing about this format is like, you walk into this conversation not knowing what we're going to talk about, but God's going to be in the details. And I'm super excited for those of you guys who are watching this. That's right. I was even asking Josiah, how do I pronounce your last name before we jump on here? We've known each other for a couple months and I got to hear a whole backstory evolution of his lineage, of where he's from. And if you don't know, you're going to find out real quick because I'm going to have you drop that story because I think it's incredible. And it's really connected to how you show up on social media around things that are just happening, whether it's natural disasters, whether it's supernatural disasters. Um, and I love that it's always a story and that's who you are. Ultimately, I think you're an epic storyteller, which is an heir of who Jesus was. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, you know, one thing that my dad shared with me, so my dad, and I'll share a little bit more about this, but my dad passed away in 2017 from cancer. But before he did, on Good Friday, he said, "Share your job as a family is to share the story. And so I took that to heart. And so I started to think about how can I share the story, the good news, uh, but take ordinary stories that most people would probably overlook and probably look at from their day to day because the, the world is so oversaturated with tons of news clips and all of these different things. But how can I turn these ordinary stories, make them extraordinary, and turn people towards Christ? So that's uh, so how all of good. that came about. Is that when you like literally jumped into building a platform and sharing from that way? No, so kind of crazy. That whole, so that was shared with me in 2017 right. and it took some time. Uh, in 2019 was really when I started to kind of dive into social media. I was serving in the youth ministry and we were doing like a Bible study with, with my boys at the time. They were freshmen at the time. And, and uh, while we were doing this Bible study, I saw a lot of my boys, they were literally on their phones. And I'm like, yeah. I know you guys aren't in the Bible app. Like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, what are y'all doing? And they were like, I'm, 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 we're on TikTok, right? We're watching a video on TikTok. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. What is it? And so I downloaded it just so I could see what they were viewing. And I saw that there was a bunch of stuff that probably isn't the best for, yeah. for teenage boys to view. And so uh, I also recognize that the algorithm would expose you to more things that you view. And I, I thought to myself, what if I started making uh, like Bible verses? I'll friend request all my, all my boys and I'll start like reading Bible verses. Um, it's just so, and so I use it as an opportunity to connect with them in 2019. Uh, 2020 hit and I found myself stuck at home <laughs> uh, on lockdown. And uh, I continued to make videos. At that time, I had no idea that there was such a thing as Christian content creation in that space. And so I started to make a few videos. Those videos started taking off. Uh, I found out that I was better at TikTok than the young men that I was discipling. <laughs> um, and what seemed like uh, overnight, uh, it just blew up. Um, I started doing online Bible studies and we had about uh, a thousand people would show up on a weekly basis during 2020. Uh, and that's when it really hit me. Wow. 
social media can make such an incredible impact in the lives of many. Uh, and while many people shun social media because of the darkness that's on there, well, hey, I'm called to be a light in dark places. Yeah. And so that's when I jumped in uh, headfirst. It's so wild and such an honor to your dad. And I know that he is so proud of you and your father, Abba, in heaven as well, right? And it's just, it's so cool because we often think that the things that are distracting the, especially the youth or generations below us. And I remember as a millennial, people saying that like, oh, they're so entitled. Well, our entitlement has actually entitled us to be fearless for Christ. It's actually entitled us to have more power authority and operate under the anointing that we were gifted that our parents never had access to because they didn't walk in that same power. And so I think that when things like that happen to the smaller, the younger generations, and sometimes it's the older, but I'm really thinking of like Gen Z, um, understanding that those are actually vessels in which the Lord wants to operate and can operate and initiated. And so if we are, if it's being allowed, God is a part of it somehow, some way because nothing is out of his hands. It all goes through his fingers. And so I love that you took ownership in that. And I'm seeing more and more Christian creators come to life in this understanding rather than saying, oh, that's of the devil. It's like, no, actually it's a tool. And that could be the same thing around money. And you talk so beautifully around this like poverty mentality and what it looks like to invade the marketplace and to be a Christian entrepreneur. And so I think that there's no different than people saying that and taking that verse of like, it's the love of money, right? And it's not the, it's not the money itself. It's the love of money. It's not social media itself. It's the love of social media or the fans or the followers and getting so wrapped into that headspace. So how do you keep the two separate? Um, and how do you help others understand and unlock that they too can keep it separate and that there's only one focal point? Yeah. You know, uh, I, I think a big piece of all of it is recognizing I had to recognize for myself that I had some internal thought processes that don't really serve me. Um, and it wasn't until so um, back in 2013, I was exposed to a personal development and leadership course. This was prior to me finding Christ uh, in 2017. But uh, I attended this personal development and leadership workshop. It was based in emotional intelligence, and it was a, an active workshop where we would walk through a bunch of things. I had a lot of light bulbs go off, um, and I recognized, wow, like the world isn't what I thought that it was. The the things that I thought were truths are actually not truths. Um, I had a lot of fixed mindsets and limited beliefs, um, and so it had me think about a lot of things. Then I come to Christ in 2017, and I found out that there was a big chasm between both of those two realms. <laughs> personal development in the church. Boy, if you mentioned that at all, you you better run because some yeah. people are going to look at you so weird, right? But what I recognized <laughs> was in the personal development space and emotional intelligence, there was heavy awakening and uh, realizations of my own human thought processes. Yeah. Um, and uh, But there was no acknowledgement of Jesus. Right. Uh, however, alternatively, in the mm -hmm. church space, I saw, I was sat in the pews and I thought to myself, wow, I could have got all of this for free rather than spending tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> in a personal development space. But, 
but there is heavy spiritual intelligence, not a whole lot of emotional intelligence. So you have pews filled with people who can, who are called to go out and make disciples, but can't carry on a conversation with people because they don't even know anything about their own emotional status internally. So good. Yes. And so I started to think to myself, how can I bridge the gap between those two worlds? And that's what got me into creating um, just a passion for marketplace ministry. The very places that we inside of the church have shunned are the exact places where we need to be. Yeah. These are the exact places where we need to be active. And so uh, I really thought to myself, uh, how could I be a contribution in this space, bridge the gap between personal development and emotional intelligence and acknowledgement of who God is and his incredible nature. And in fact, when we start to dive into both of those realms, it only causes me to exalt God even more because I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, God, you created me like this. How awesome is that? Right. So, um, I think, how do I keep those, uh, how do I keep those areas separate, but still keep the focus on God? I think the most important thing is me recognizing that there's a lot that I don't know. Mm. Uh, there's a, not that, a lot that I don't know and being hungry to learn more while staying in my word uh, and be able to bridge the gap between my, uh, my human, human, humanity, my human knowledge, but also what God has revealed through his word. Yeah, it's so good. And interestingly, the whole um, development of FIT and FAITH came out of that same revelation. Because before FIT was an acronym, it was connected to not just physical health, but spiritual health, mental health, emotional health, relational health, um, because of the journey that I had gone on. And so I think it's interesting that it took like these paralleled worlds because they do coexist and it was the blending of that I was raised in I say I wasn't raised in a Christian home I was raised under Christian principles like to be a good neighbor to be a good friend that you shouldn't lie that you should honor your father and other these concepts and we knew the Lord's prayer and things like that but it wasn't necessarily how I'm raising my kiddos so it's a it's a variable um, element of spiritual intelligence, we'll put it that way, of like, like, no, Jesus is here right now. It's not just something that's like in a far distant book that was written a while back, you know, um, or the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Like, I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit until I went, walked into a Pentecostal church, <laughs> and that was a wide awakening, right? And so I love that it's this, this knowledge that what has been gifted from a scientific perspective, from a human development perspective, these uh, awarenesses and these, these under understandings are connected to what is human design it is creation and yet what's getting the um what's getting the emphasis is the education or the phraseology and not the creator of the person who was given the download right and so i love that you're you're speaking to it to my heart specifically that it's not an either or but it's an all encompassing evolution of self because that's the knowledge. That's why Jesus meditated. Because he's like, whoa, I got to tap into my emotions here, Lord. I have to ask you questions about this, God. And those were the times where he was able to have revelation far beyond a book could give it to us now. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, is the the people who may be sitting on the sidelines and think to themselves, well, well, you got to got to watch yourself when you're diving into those things, right? 
um, well, this is what causes me to run to God's word, to completely run to God's word. I mean, consume it, to be in it, to be saturated in it because God will reveal to me the right steps to take and where to go with all of this. And he really has revealed that there has been such a great gap. I mean, we wonder why there's so much church hurt. We wonder why there's so many people who are, who are challenged, who, who may have, may have a saving faith in Jesus, but have not yet fully been delivered and healed from things. And there are certain things that you just can't pray away, right? (laughs) You got to actually do some work on me. I got to do some work. I mean, God provides us with the trees, but he didn't build the desk now. That's right. So we we got, there's some work for us to do. And so, um, yeah, it's been so refreshing to be able to have the both and. Uh, and uh, and be able to live in that space. I'm curious, as you were mentioning, like that time frame of really doing the extrapolation on self, and then the 2017 was that parallel to your father's passing that your experience with with God kind of took into a new territory. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew at some point we would dive into the I'm deeper like, picture up. of the whole story. <laughs> so let me give you guys the full. Let me rewind all the way back on this story because. Really, the story starts at my birth. Um, so I was adopted at birth. I was given away uh, at birth. And so um, I was given away to my aunt and uncle. Uh, my aunt couldn't have kids. And so they approached my biological parents. Um, and my biological father, firm believer in his faith, uh, he believed that children belong to God before they belong to him. And so him and my biological mother, they prayed over the decision and they decided that they would give me away to my aunt and uncle and I would be raised as their own child. Um, And they also had an agreement that they wouldn't have contact with me because they felt that there would be emotional things and ties and all of those things. So they took a leap and they said, we're going to give you away at birth. So I came out of the womb uh, as Josiah Alipate. Uh, the paperwork was already filled out and all of those things. And so I was raised with this family. Uh, and I was not raised in a Christian home. I was not raised in a family who knew the Lord. They knew of the Lord, but didn't quite follow the Lord. And so uh, that was my life in a nutshell. Um, but at 16 years old, I found out that I was adopted, uh, and I found out out of anger. So my, uh, my aunt, uh, I did something, I don't know, that a normal 16 year old would do. do. I don't quite remember (laughs) what it was, but there was a blow up and, um, my, my adopted mom, she said, well, you're not my son. So those were the exact words that I heard at 16 years old that, had me go down this path of questioning and anger and frustration. Um, And so that summer at 16 years old, I met my biological family for the first time. So I met my biological father, my biological mother, and my five siblings. Had no idea. Had three brothers and two sisters. Uh, And my first experience of my family was uh, my father sat us down in the living room He sat us down, he read scripture, and he prayed over us. Now, for me, it was all weird to me because I was like, first of all, I'm just trying to figure out that y'all are my family. Now y'all are praying and all this stuff. It's just weird to me, right? 
So it flew right over my head, but I had a great time with them for about a weekend. And I went back home um, and I lost touch with them for several years. Um, I was, I, I met up with them again at 23 years old. Um, it was my, my biological brother's wedding and I came to Arizona to meet with them. And uh, at that time I was working in the nightclub industry in Las Vegas. Uh, I had a pretty, I was living pretty recklessly at that time. I didn't care about anything but status and money and, uh, and women and, and just all of the things. Um, and so I met with my family again. I had no idea what do I call my brothers and sisters? Are they cousins? Is this my aunt and my uncle? What do I call my mom and my dad? I'm still confused. And my dad, he sat us down. He read scripture and he prayed over us. Had no idea what he was talking about and it flew right over my head. Then 2017 comes around and I find out that my biological father has cancer. And he invited me to join them for Easter service in Arizona, um, to which I almost didn't make it, but God set a path out for me. So I come out to Arizona, 2017, my dad sits us down, he reads scripture, and he prays over us. That was the very good Friday that he said, your job as a family is to tell the story. Uh, Easter Sunday comes around and we're taking over all the pews because we have a large family. And I'm sitting next to my dad, my biological father, and um, the, pa- the, the service was amazing. The pastor comes up, and he's talking about God and Jesus, and he said, I have a question for you. He said, what kind of person would give their son away? And he said, the kind of person that would give their son away is the kind of person who has love for the world. And in an instant... Uh, 33 years of frustration and anger uh, and pain and confusion disappeared in an instant. Mm. Uh, I gave my life to Jesus in that very moment. Uh, The story didn't end there because 10 days later, my dad passed away from cancer. Uh, The amount of time that I spent with my biological father over the course of 33 years was less than three days. Mm. But in the way that he lived his life, in the moments that he sat us down as a family, read scripture, and prayed over us, I got to witness a man who was sold out for Christ. And I made a commitment then and there that I would do the same. And here we are today. Wow. 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 It was like, I mean, first off, what a treasure. Thank you for sharing that with us. And, um, watching your emotion rise as you're sharing it. It just seals the depth of of love that you have for him, but also the depth of love that you have for Christ and the understanding of what transpired between him and God, right? And also you and your parents. And um, I know that as you honor and as you, you serve, especially the youth, because I know that you do that still so much, that that sense of abandonment, that like fatherless generation that is on the rise and continuing to rise is something that you get to speak so intimately into um, with such purpose. And your siblings can't do that, right? And so it's yeah. a gift from your parents that you have this, this sight that many, many people don't. 
Yeah, it's such it's such a wild thing to me, honestly, because I think that you know my walk with the Lord has only been six years. Six yeah. years. I'm I'm a babe in my faith, if you look at it. But He has given me the fast track to understanding who He is, uh, and so so wild and crazy. Because when my dad passed away, I went home. I was in Vegas. At that time, I, I owned um, a security company. I, we, we would do bodyguarding for celebrities when they would come into town. Um, I did the unthinkable where I just left everything behind. I, I sold uh, everything that I owned. My business went to a buddy of mine. Um, and I said, I'm cutting all ties to this place. Sin City, right? Yeah, I'm like cutting yeah. ties to this place. Good. I'm leaving it behind. I bought, I packed a, 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 a carry-on bag and bought one, a one-way plane ticket to Arizona to start my life from scratch, from zero, complete zero. And wow. uh, and so while you know God called my my biological father home to be with him. He called me to be home with my, mm-hmm. with my mourning mother and my, and my siblings. Wow. Um, and yeah, my heart for the youth is just so huge because me moving here to Scottsdale, which by the way, I don't fit here in Scottsdale. Like <laughs> legit. I'm, I am a, I am a raisin in a bowl of rice here in Scottsdale oh for real. And so like, it's so funny. Cause so then I go to church and I see these families that are just, they're so put together, right? They just got it going on. But then I come and I start to see, I see the hearts of these youngsters that it doesn't it, like, it doesn't matter if you're, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. Like these, the, the, the Gen Zers yeah. now and the youth, they are dealing with much more than I ever had dealt with when I was a kid. And it's more prevalent. It's just more upfront nowadays right. where we can see it. And so I took that on as a mission for me. Like that is a mission field absolutely for me to jump into, um, to pour into the youth. And so to your point, um, I'm grateful with the story that God has provided me to be able to share that. Just like my dad said, share the story. Um, and so I can do that uh, with the youth in a powerful way. I'm grateful for that. Yeah, it's so unique. All right, quick interruption. But actually, it's not really an interruption. It's an invitation. It's an invitation for you to come deeper, not just be a podcast listener that we really never get to interact with, but be a part of the family. Be a part of the foundation of what the Founder Collective is heart premised on. And that's Ephesians 2.19, that we are found in Him, that we are a family and operating as one on the foundation of Christ with Him as our chief CEO, our chief cornerstone. And what does that look like? How can you come in further? Well, we have a weekly Founder Collective call. That's a Zoom call. We'd love for you to be a part of it. It's open conversation, similar to how we have this podcast, talking about business practices and truth principles and how we're actually living a life on purpose and in the presence of God consistently. Additionally, we're inviting you to our annual conference. This is be our third annual conference. You can go to thefoundercon.com. Again, that's thefoundercon.com. And you'll get to hear people like Jay worship and teach and share from his testimony. Anthony, Pastor Anthony, the bearded wonder. (laughs) He's going to come to you with his fiery flaming shoes and his voice and the belly. The fire that's within his belly comes out in such a dynamic way when it's on stage. Myself, my team, and all the incredible people who are part of this family. It's not just us. 
And we want you to be in on the us because we want to make way for your message, for your movement to be known and to be equipped and to also be resourced. We love sharing resources, which is what we do in that weekly call. So you're invited. You're invited. Come one, come all to all the things. If you need more information, I'm sure wherever you're listening to this or seeing this, you can get it in the link. So look, go a little deeper, go a little further into what God is calling you into. This is a summoning. This is a call. This is a roundup for you to also be fully founded in him as a founder in the Founder Collective. As you're with them and you're pursuing all of these elements of passion, because we talked about marketplace, we've talked about the youth who will eventually enter into the marketplace, the the information that they're being presented on like the self-help piece, which is not going away. If anything, that, that mountain is trying to get bigger, but I know that we have Christian influencers, we have Christian leaders and pastors who are going to be taking over that realm. Uh, simply as you're sharing here right now today, that's already happening. How are you helping guide from like a social media influence impact uh, spectrum? And how are you helping them to to share their story? Yeah, so that's a great thing too. I'm grateful that God has opened my eyes to what's possible with social media. Back in 2019, the only reason why I wanted to jump onto social media in the way that I did was simply to connect with my youth. I recognize because I remember my mom at the time, she was like, how do I, how do I do something with my Facebook profile? And I was like, I do not want to be the person who's like outdated. Like, sorry, mom, if you're going to watch this, I don't mean that in any disrespect. I'm just saying, if we don't catch up to how the youth is communicating with one another, there will be a point where we will be incapable of connecting with them. So I had to, I had to jump into the space and and learn exactly how is it that they're communicating um, so that I can remain relevant in the way that I speak with them, right? And, and like, some of my students, they're like, because I, spoiler alert, I'm about to be 39 on Tuesday, right? And so, tomorrow. Well, yeah, tomorrow if wait, you're no, listening live. <laughs> no, 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 next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Oh, next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay, okay. Your life is. Your life is. Okay. So, so I think to myself, like, when I start trying to like, if, if I didn't have social media, I don't know how I would connect with the kids because yeah. with the students, because I try to talk about movies that I watched when I was a kid. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't like, you don't know nothing about the Goonies. Like, what, what are you talking about? And these kids look at me like I'm weird. Right. So thank the Lord that he provided me with a, with a platform on social media to connect with really across the board, many generations, but specifically with the Gen Zers. And, and it's so encouraging um, because I'm starting to see, even in students that I'm discipling now, they're starting to share their faith more boldly. They're having ideas of like, wow, like I can be so, I can be overtly open about my faith rather than just be a a, a secret agent Christian behind the scenes where no one knows that I'm a Christian, right? Like they can actually boldly proclaim their faith. They can share a verse or two on their their social media. They can do that. Um, And so, you know, and, and then and then being able to walk alongside with them and letting them know, hey, that once you're going to take this path, there's there's stewardship that comes along with this as well. There are pieces where you must steward your walk with this platform, whether it's two people or 200 people or two million people that view your videos. These are people that will ex- be exposed to the light of Christ through the things that you do. Yeah. And so I'm grateful that I get to 
take the platform that God has provided me and be an example for those who who are coming behind me. Yes. And I mean, isn't that discipleship in a nutshell? Yeah, you know? completely in its simplest form, right? And that's, I think, people try to complicate it so much. Surely the, the church has tried to do so. And it's like, no, 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 it's actually a lot easier than that, even easier than a small group that you don't want to go to, right? Like there's yeah. so much that can take place simply based on connection. And that's what these device things are for is connection. And yep. we've turned them into weapons. They've been turned into weapons. And that doesn't mean that we can't use them as a force of good. A gun is a weapon, but it's also a protection. And so it's based on your knowledge and how you get to use it. Um, you have to have, I was, my son doesn't have, I, I don't know if I'm a t- terrible mom, so I, I don't know if this is a thing or not, but we don't have like guns. We don't have like Nerf guns. We've just never really gotten into them. I'm not like anti-Nerf guns. I think they're so fun. And I used to play them all the time when I was younger, but my kiddos were at a camp this past week and my son was like, Friday, we're having a Nerf gun thing. Can we go out and buy a Nerf gun? I'm like, I'm definitely not spending $50 on a Nerf gun. So we can call any of your friends and we can borrow any of their Nerf guns. And so we went to one of his friend's house and the dad was like, here's all of our Nerf guns. And there's so many, which one do you want? The first thing the kid does is he turns the gun to his face and he's looking down the gun hole and the guy's like, Oh no, no, no. And I'm like, Ooh, see, there are some things I need to teach you as a 10 year old child that you should know. And he's like, why not? Why can't I look at it? And the dad's looking at me like, Tamara, come on gun safety. I'm like, sorry, we have haven't gotten that far yet, but there's like really terrible accidents that happen for that exact thing. It's lack of knowledge and the people will perish. Right. And Mm -hmm. so there's certain things that we as a body of Christ have to be aware of. And I love that you're talking about it through this lens to the youth now, because you're opening their eyes. You're removing scales on possibility on how can I share my faith? How can I be more bold in my faith? And honestly, what we're doing with the founder con and you and Dane coming in as the virtual virtual host this year, it's abnormal, right? That there are people who are technically Christian influencers as hosts to a business conference, to be honest. Like where you don't really see that very often. And the reason that I was like, this is a non-negotiable for me is because the business, whether e-commerce, whether in person, what it doesn't matter what like element of business, these are the leaders who are actually infiltrating on a day-to-day basis as leaders. And they have never taken the chasm between church and state and brought it together. And you and Dane show up fearlessly in that space. And this is where they need to understand that like you having a Monday morning motivation can be scriptural. You having an HR conversation can be scriptural. It can be biblically based and it can serve your company or organizations in such a deeper way than just check boxes, right? Of this is how it works. And we have a guiding light. Like God has literally given us the manual from a business perspective. And so I'm excited for them to have their scales removed on possibility and potentiality because of the work that you have done specifically in leadership, specifically in emotional intelligence, specifically in your faith. And hey, isn't it when he says a childlike faith is the one that we should follow? So you being a baby, I'm right alongside you. And yet here we are fearlessly saying yes to him. And so often people forget that when they've been aged into something and the, the vibrancy has kind of gone away. Yeah. Well, and as you're talking, I'm just so grateful for people who have gone before us who are modeling that. Um, and we and I feel like we're a generation of people who are 
desiring to take what they have done and take it to another level. I think of like the John Maxwell's out there. Um, he was ahead of his time. I mean, yeah. at times when I hear him speak, I think he still is, you know? Yeah. And so I, I just think about the model that he utilized to leave the four walls of the church, to get out into the marketplace, to teach the principles of the kingdom, because the truth is the truth, no matter how you cut it. Um, and so to teach the, the kingdom principles to the believer and non-believer and then get it to the point where the non-believer says, wow, where did you get this from? And it's like, I got this from the Bible. Sit down and let me tell you about it, you know? Yes. And so just to see that that is a, a strategy that somebody like John Maxwell has, has utilized, man, we can take those principles. And now with the reach that we have, I mean, John Maxwell had to do it with books and tapes, you know, know back in the crazy. day. Now today we have video, we have social media, we have so yeah. many different avenues. And that's why, you know, when we created that Invade the Marketplace six-week challenge, we started to think, what's the best word that would describe this new generation of people who would enter into the marketplace with kingdom principles? Boy, it's Invade. Let's get so in good. there. It's so true. And like, I, I don't see us taking anyone by like, we're not going to not take anyone with us is really what I mean. Like, that's the beautiful part about this kingdom mission is this communal mission is like, I don't want to leave the one who thinks they're ill-equipped on the side. I'm like, come on, let me pick you up real quick. Like, I will teach you as we go. That's the discipleship piece that I think has been forgotten. It's like, oh, once you get to this certain level of understanding of scriptural knowledge, then we'll invite you to lead, right? And w I do not see these quote unquote baby Christians doing that. They're saying, whoa, I got a download. Let me teach you about it. Whoa, I got a revelation. Let me teach you about it. And that's what the first disciples did. They were not hesitant to speak out on the things that Christ was newly teaching them. Did they get it right all the time? Not so much. But what was beautiful is the grace that followed that. And I think that's the example that the church needs now more than ever. And it needs to be inside of this place that is truly become what is a ball and chain to most people. They go to work as a nine to five, which is a third of their life and they're miserable. And so it's not necessarily about being an entrepreneur, though you hear that a lot about what we're talking about here. The entrepreneurs are just as critical in this as the entrepreneur. And I believe everyone has an essence of entrepreneurial spirit, regardless of what your title or tagline says, because that means you're a creative and you're made in the image of a creative God. And therefore you have to tap into that in order to experience some of these emotions of health and wealth and joy and goodness and overflow rather than staying stagnant. Yeah. And I, and then truly, I believe, and I think God reveals it through his word that uh, each and every single one of us have been uniquely gifted in specific things. And so as believers, we can be problem solvers in the world. And there are problems, and, and I'll talk about this later on this evening on our, on our, on our challenge, but um, you know, we're going to be diving into there are problems that people want solved. Yeah. And, and based off of your unique life experience now that God has gifted you with, uh, you can help people get from point A to point B 
and you can uh, you can speed up their process by teaching them your unique life experiences and, and sharing that with others. And so, yeah, even if you and it doesn't necessarily have to be a business. However, I do believe that when people become aware that people will pay you for your unique giftings and experiences and expertise in a specific area, there most people will look at it and be like, there's no reason why I should not be in the marketplace like literally right now. Yeah. And so, that, I mean, that was my realization when I began uh, jumping into the entrepreneur space. Yeah. And honestly, the cool thing about it, when you weren't even walking with the Lord, you were already tapped into your qualities and your creativity and your ability to be a leader and start a business. I was the same way before knowing Christ. I had multiple businesses. And when I came to know him and I gave everything up, like our testimonies are very similar. I was married with kids, so I didn't give up relationships. I gave up everything besides relationships. And um, in that time frame, and I say relationships, really just the nucleus of my home because I gave up a lot of relationships, <laughs> um, even family members. And it sounds like you walked through something similar in that regard too. But I say all of that to say I, I was in this place where I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do now? How am I supposed to actually work for God? How, what does that even look like? How can I do that? And it was slowly based on conversations, asking questions, and spending time with God's children, his people, that I started realizing what my gifts and talents were for the kingdom. And that is when I started actually coaching and taking people to coffee and being like, let me pull this out of you. Let me call you higher. Let me initiate something. Let me spark this little thing that's inside of you that you are equipped more than you think. I mean, there are wild jobs that I hear about every single day that I'm like, you do what? That's so bizarre. But somebody <laughs> needed it or they would have never asked for it. And so now they get paid to do it. I mean, one of the people that I'm thinking of, she went through a really terrible situation with her grandpa and her grandpa was dying. He was in a nursing home and like, it's basically like a, an advocate that people come alongside that get to talk to the nurses and understand their language, get to talk to the families because there's no one in between there that really supports during the demise of somebody's life because they're not an advocate for themselves anymore. And so I'm thinking, gosh, what a wild scenario to have to walk through. But now you get to be an advocate for people. What? That's literally the word of the Holy Spirit. He's our advocate. So you are literally mirroring the advocate of heaven by what you're doing here on earth. Come on, somebody. That's not that hard to figure out. It's just what sparks inside of you. And a lot of people get it wrong that they think passion is only something that makes them happy. But passion is also something that agitates you. It's something that makes you so mad. It's something that you cannot bear to see or bear witness to when something happens. It could be bullying. It could be suicide. It could be sex trafficking, right? These people are not passionate about sex trafficking. They're passionate about people who have walked through something like that and they want to see them whole. And so I always encourage you, like, don't just think about it from that perspective because that will leave you limited. That's right. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And that's the void. Like, wh what do you see that's a void in the market? If the disciples only went into places that were like already talking about God and like happy, and did you hear about Jesus? What happened with him? 
That was the antithesis of where they were called. They were called into the naysayers. They were called into the broken. They were called into the lost. They were called into the confused. And so that's where I really feel like you show up is you call, you come into this place in the way you create content. You guys have to follow Josiah on all platforms, literally, and, and see how he does it from a place that is so invitational. You're so invitational in your storytelling. And I love that about you. Thank you. Yeah. And I think it's, man, I think the way that I look at things is what is the need and how can I meet the need? I mean, that's at its simplest form. Um, and that's how it is whenever I walk into a room or speak with people, what would serve this person best? Um, and and even when I'm writing, when I'm making my stories, um, you know, I'm I'm thinking about the one. You know, I'm thinking about that one person. Like, who will this make a difference for? Um, there was a point where I was attached to eh, how many people are going to like this or how, all of those things. But when I just got hyper focused on who is the one that I can support, what is their need, and how can I meet that need, um, it changed the game for me. Yeah. And that's what I mean when I say, hey, let's be problem solvers. Um, let's look at it through the lens of how can I serve in this particular moment. And I believe that's how God desires for us to live our lives in all areas of our lives. How much, how much more impact can we make when we look at the world around us with that lens? Yeah, it's so good. I want to kind of shift a little bit here because I've been witnessing uh, another element of your, what I initiated the fit and faith journey through the physical health lens over the course of the last couple of years. And I'd love to hear your physical journey into the spiritual heights that you've made, because I do believe we're mind, body, soul, spirit with intention. And when we ignore one, we're actually ignoring all. And so talk to us about your physical journey, because that's been really cool to watch. So good. Yes. So there is like, I am, I am so big on the parallels between our physical health and our spiritual health. And, uh, so at my, I mean, my, my kind of health journey has been a journey. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, at my, at my heaviest, I was, you know, 358 pounds. I was working in the nightclub industry, uh, and as a bouncer in the nightclub industry, you, you just want to be the bigger guy, right? <laughs> um, but being the bigger guy doesn't mean being the healthiest. Mm-hmm. And, and then also just because I'm not quote unquote sick doesn't mean that I'm healthy, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, that's a parallel to our spiritual health in a nutshell too. I mean, that'll preach all day long. Yeah. But I mean, um, when I decided that you know, I wanted to make uh, a, a change in my physical health. Um, you know, I, 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 I took that leap. Um, I ended up losing 150 pounds in the process, which was wildly crazy. Um, and, uh, and then even just recognizing, um, Things, so it's so crazy because in our health journey, it's connected to our spiritual journey, connected to our 
mental health journey. Like there's so much that's connected, but I, but I believe that in all of those journeys, the easiest for us to see physical or actual results, tangible results in is our physical health. So I'm a firm believer that that's a place where we got to step in. There's so many different parallels. Like I, I talk about this all the time. So, you know, drinking water is good, right? Um, and a lot of people don't know this, that they walk around most, the vast majority of people walk around chronically dehydrated. Dehydrated, Yeah. And so what they do is they say, they think I'm hungry, right? right? So then they go and they eat something. And then next thing you know, you, your body's like, I need something and you perceive it to be hunger, but it's actually thirst. Um, and so when you drink that water, you're like, wow, this is good. Like I'm, I'm like back on track. Um, and, and I started to think about like, man, what about my like spiritual journey? You know, like, what am I feeding myself? Am I feeding myself the things that will sustain me for the moment? But my spiritual body is saying, no, you need living water. Like you need to be drinking some living water right now. So there's so many different parallels, but also mindsets. Yeah. You know, I mean, there is discipline that's Mm -hmm. required. There is structure that's needed. Um, there's, there's, um, consistency, you know, like all of those things are prevalent and it's so, isn't it cool that God teaches us about how he has created us through our physical body and what we see every single day and the things around us in our minds. I mean, again, when I uncover all of these things, it only causes me to exalt the Lord that much yes, more. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's ultimate sacrifice. Like that's what I hear you saying, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're not sacrificing something that Christ didn't already sacrifice for you. And I think we forget that so often we think like, Oh, look at what I'm doing. And it's like, actually like God did this on my behalf. And therefore as a vessel for Christ, I want to show up in the fullness of how he created me. I uh, always have water near me. Um, I need to have more Nalgene bottles because I'm really not an advocate for plastic. And at the same time, my, I have been coined my husband and I through our family. Like, do you always carry that around? And I realized that if I always have a water bottle within my reach or in my hand when I'm walking around, I do not crave all the other things that society is putting in my place and my face all the time. All I do is I hydrate. I hydrate. I hydrate. Because you're right, the the percentage is that 90% of the time someone says they're hungry, they're thirsty. We even do this with our kids. When they're hungry, I'll say, cool, drink a glass of water and then we'll figure out what you're going to eat. And I always, because otherwise their portion size becomes huge and they weren't even hungry for that. And so (laughs) it's a simple shift that can change the trajectory of every single thing that you do thereafter because the food we put into our mouth, just like the words that we put into our ears or our eyes are what deplete us or what create energy towards where it is that we're going to go. Press on towards the prize, right? Like I want that juice in my thing versus I'm going to go take a nap. And I was like, obsessed with sleeping. I mean, it was my way out. I would sleep 12 hours a day at night and then I would sleep three hours during the day. And I was a mom and it was my coping mechanism for everything else. And so we have to realize based on the habits that we create, health is a huge element of what God is calling us into. Yeah. Yeah. And I always look at it as it is necessary 
for our physical health to be in order to be able to carry the weight mm. in which God has placed and purposed upon your life of the things that he wants you to accomplish. It is vital so that our physical health is in order. I cannot tell you, especially me coming from a Tongan culture of people who are ranked number number three in the world of obesity per capita, um, uh, I can't tell you of how many talented, gifted, purposeful, meaningful people have been taken. Not let, now, I know that God has his timing of when he will call me home, Yeah. but I ain't trying to speed up the process with <laughs> right. my own record decisions. You know what I'm saying? So like, so, so that's where we got to make that shift. Yeah. We can't just always say, oh, well, it was God's timing. Well, really, was it? Because we weren't taking care of ourselves very well. We right. I mean another piece of, 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 of the physical health is stewardship. I mean, right. there's so many things that we can learn from our physical health that are applicable in the spirit, in the mental health space, in relationships. I mean, it's amazing how God's created our bodies to operate in that capacity. Have you ever looked up blue zones before? Are you familiar? Yes. Oh yes. my gosh. And so I think about, even though I might not get to live in a blue zone, which I also have control over that, but we visit them as often as we can. How can I curate my own personal blue zone? And what does that look like in the sphere of influence that I curate for my kiddos and the landscape design that we have in our home? And it's not just about the food. It's not just about the movement. It's about the purpose. And we talked about purpose at the beginning, like what is your purpose? And that's what Invade the Marketplace is about. You can't invade anywhere until you know that you know that you know what your purpose is as you invade. Otherwise, you're going to become stalemate. And that's not a place that any of us want to be. And so I am excited that people who listen to this get to hear this full scope element of who you are and who you're becoming because you're just getting started, right? Like it's still, you still have so much to do and so much that the Lord has to reveal to you in the process. I can't wait to read your book one day because that's got to come. Uh, and just so grateful, grateful to call you friend Josiah. And I know you're going to bless the mess out of so many people who come to found con and we're actually get to go and invest in the youth in the Dominican together too this year. So we've got lots of good stuff. God's got lots of good stuff in our future. Amen. I'm super excited about it all. And I'm grateful that through the power of social media and God's uh, divine power that we've been able to connect with each other. I look forward to just continuing this journey and for sure y'all will be seeing more of me very soon. Let's go. Let's go. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Be sure to find, follow Josiah on all the platforms. You'll have the links in all the show notes below. Bye, y'all. Hey, y'all. It's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts. And you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. 
I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and it's going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.